Welcome to another message from Columbus First Assembly. Thanks for listening as we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God. Our hope is that you're encouraged by today's message. All right. I'm going to share some thoughts this morning. I hope we'll be very appropriate to the time in which we're living. Let me share a couple of brief stories. Brent lost his job due to cutbacks where he was working. And after a short period of time, he found another position. But it required a move. He needed to move he and his family from the community they were in to a new community. And as they thought about it and prayed about it, they felt that this was God's will for them. And so they took the job, moved to the new community, but it's been now six, eight, nine months, and Brent is a little frustrated for even though he believes God was in this, there's no passion anymore. There's no passion for his job. There's no passion for the community, and there's no passion for the church that they're attending, even though it's a good church. And Brent is wondering what's going on because he really felt that this is what God was to have them do. Shirley is a little different. She was a single mom. Actually, she was a single mom. She was a single mom who for years prayed that God would bring into her life and her children's life a Christian man, a Christian husband, that they could form a family together, and God answered Shirley's prayer. And there's been a great deal of excitement, but now it's two to three years into the marriage, and Shirley's a little uncertain because she was anticipating that somehow the family would gel better than it has. It's just not kind of clicking or fitting yet. And she's asking herself, did I miss it, God? Did I do something wrong? Am I doing something wrong? Things just are not working out the way that I thought that they should. Here's our key question this morning. It's at the top of your note sheet, I believe. Let me check. Yes. No, it's not. The key question is not there, but you might want to write it down. What do you do when you're not where you used to be, but you're not where you're supposed to be or want to be? Shirley was over here in her life, single, single mom with kids. She believed that God was calling her to marriage. And that this family unit that was going to establish would become awesome. And her needs, her kids' needs would be met. And so she started on that path and she was praying. And other men came into her life, but they weren't who God had. And finally, now not Mr. Right, but it seemed that this was God's right person. She finally meets this individual. And it seems like, yes, this is what God wanted. Yet here she is. Three years into her marriage, she's not where she used to be. She's moving forward, but what she sees for her life, a gelled, blended family working together, serving God, seems to be way over there. And she's not there yet. You may be feeling some of this yourself. You're moving forward in your faith walk or you're moving forward in your life, but you know you haven't arrived yet. Maybe you don't even know if you will arrive or when you'll arrive. 
You might not even be sure of your destination any longer. Well, I heard a speaker once describe this period as meantime. Meantime. From the phrase, in the meantime. See, what do you do when you're not where you used to be, but you're not where you're supposed to be or want to be? What do you do in the meantime? And I believe that right now, a lot of us are feeling that we're in the meantime. Let me give you a definition for meantime. Meantime is the intervening period of time between two events. Remember I talked about Shirley over here? The event of being a single mom. The other event of being a well-gelled, blended family all walking together. But from there to there is the meantime. The meantime is the intervening period between two events, the period from now until something else happens. The meantime is often a time of waiting, a time of not knowing, and honestly, it can be a very uncomfortable time. Now, hear this. What happens far too often is when people get into the meantime, when they're not where they were, but they're certainly not where they expect to be, think they should be, even that God showed them where they're supposed to be, they bail. They jump ship. They change directions. Not going to go into details. Actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ignore you because I don't want you guys to hear it, and I'm just going to talk to the folks at home, okay? But um, just let me, I want to tell you, some of the worst decisions of my life have been made in the meantime. You're not supposed to have heard that. <laughs> when I was afraid, when I was stressed, when I was worried, when I was pressured, I wasn't where I was. I wasn't where I was certain God wanted us to be. I was in the meantime. Now I'll tell you this. I've seen some of the most wonderful blessings from God come after the meantime. When I handled the meantime properly, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. How do you handle the meantime properly? How do you handle that intervening period between two events? I think, gosh, we're, we're all feeling the meantime right now. Uh, Tuesday, this article appeared in our local newspaper, uh, Virus Worries weigh on workers was the headline. And um, the article said this by the Associated Press, the coronavirus pandemic has put millions of Americans out of work. We're all aware of that. But many of those still working are fearful, distressed, and stretched thin. Listen to this. A quarter of U.S. workers say they have even considered quitting their jobs as worries related to the pandemic weigh on them. They're in the meantime. They're working, but the pandemic has put extra stress. In fact, it was real interesting. This article appeared Tuesday, Monday at our staff meeting. As we were discussing it, Mr. Jack had said he's got a real sense, and he talks to other people than I do, other family members, that there's all kinds of people quitting. All kinds of people, even though they have jobs, are quitting because they just can't seem to handle it. They're in the meantime. And I'm afraid that many of those individuals are going to be very unhappy later on down the road because they jumped ship. It goes on in the article and it says, a fifth of workers say they have taken leave 
at this time, in the meantime, because of all the stress. About seven in 10 workers cite juggling their jobs and other responsibilities as a source of stress. Fears of contracting the virus also was a top concern for those who were working outside of the house. Do you feel like you're living in the meantime? This was this morning's paper. Mental burden. Experts concerned about impact of pandemic on mental health. Do you know we're living in the meantime of mental health? And experts are concerned. Now, this was actually October 20th. This is the headline. The National News reported on this, so I looked it up. This is the headline. The number of people reporting anxiety and depression nationwide since start of the pandemic hit all-time high in September, hitting young people the hardest. We as Americans, young people in particular, don't know how to handle the meantime. But I want to tell you, people of God, we should be the best at handling the meantime because God gives us some direction and some help. Anxiety, mental health issues. As a matter of fact, the article went on to say that was in this Sunday's paper that the big concern is that this mental health crisis caused by the pandemic could stretch beyond providers' capacity and leave behind a long-lasting impact on society. You know, I know our president has said the pandemic, sometimes the cure, we don't want the, 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 the cure to be worse than the disease, meaning all of the shutdowns and things. All of this pressure, all of this stress, sheltering in place, working from home, uh, school from home, all of these things are beginning to have an impact. And the long-term impact of us living in the meantime is impacting people. But people of God, our Lord wants us to go through the meantime without being broken. And we're going to talk about how we can do that today. I saw this on Facebook this week. I thought it was kind of good. I added it yesterday into my message. This is from the Toby Mac website. I think there's some great stuff on this one. Repeat after me. My current situation is not my permanent destination. Wow, someone needs to hear that this morning. You need to hear that this morning. In fact, I want you to do exactly what it says. I want you to repeat after me. My current situation is not my permanent destination. Now, the microphones in the house need to pick this up better so that the folks at home know that there's actually some people here. So again, repeat after me. Let's all do it together. My current is not my permanent destination. Wow. That is, see, your current situation in the meantime, remember, we started over here. <laughs> I'm giving the cameraman a run for their money today. Um, we started over here, and we're going over there. And we start off. You know, God has given us some direction. Do you know there's characters in the Bible that had a life in the meantime? They started over here. One was named Abram, Abraham, 75 years old. God says, I want you to leave your country. I want you to leave your land. I want you to go to the land I'm going to show you, 75 years old. He starts with God. I don't know what type of an event it was. He starts with God. He's still 75, and God says, and by the way, I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give it to your descendants, and you are going to be a great nation. You're going to have lots of descendants. And he's in the meantime, and he's in the meantime, and he's in the meantime, and he's in the meantime. Now, remember, he's 75. No descendants. 
At 89, God appears to him again. He says, I'm going to give this all to you. He's been in the meantime now from 75 to 89. I'm going to give this all to you. And it's going to go to your descendants. You're going to be a great nation, more than the sands of the sea. See, his current situation wasn't his permanent destination, but he said, God, wait a minute. How are you going to do that? I don't have an heir right now. If I was to die, all of my property is going to go to my servant. And God said, oh, no, that's not going to happen. You're going to have a son. And so Abraham continues. He's waiting for this son. 89. No son. I'll fix that. He and his wife have a son by her maid. At 99 years old, God says, you're going to have a son through your wife, Sarah. <laughs> it's going, no, 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 God. You don't understand how human biology works, God. Her womb has been dried up. 100 years old. Abraham has Isaac. His, um, his other song, uh, song, his other son, Ishmael, is already like 12, 13 years old. He'd been walking in the meantime. From 75 to 125 years of being in the meantime. careful because you need to remind yourself if you're walking with God if you're following God your current situation is not your permanent destination but the enemy will begin to put that on you man if you if you continue in this path if you continue in that relationship or if you continue without a relationship or if you continue doing this oh your life is going to be nothing down the road remember if you're a child of God your current situation is not your permanent destination. You are in the meantime, and be careful in the meantime. Be careful in the meantime. Becky and Mike, they felt like they were drowning. First, Mike severely broke his arm, and he had to be off work for three weeks. And then when he finally got back to work, uh, he only got to work part-time. And then Finally, after he'd rehabbed enough, he was back full-time to work. It, it, it almost happened instantly. One of his kids needed surgery, and his wife was in a car wreck. And even with their insurance and savings that they had, the savings were, were getting drained. The deductibles and things were killing them. They don't see a light at the end of the tunnel. They are living in the meantime. Back again, our statement on the screen. What do you do? When you're not where you used to be, but you're not where you're supposed to be or want to be, what do you do in the meantime? I'm going to set the stage this morning with a verse from Philippians chapter 1, verse 6. We'll look at it in two translations. In the NIV, it says this, being confident of this. This is the Apostle Paul speaking to the church, being confident of this. The Apostle Paul is saying, I am confident of of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Abraham at 75, a dream of a promised land, a dream of an heir or multiple heirs who would then become a great nation. 
25 years in the meantime. But Abraham could attest, he's confident of this, that he who began a good work did carry it on to completion 25 years later. But God did. Look at what the Amplified says about this verse. There's a few words here I really like. Um, again, I am convinced and sure of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you will continue until the day of Jesus Christ, right up to the time of his return, developing that good work and perfecting and bringing it to full completion in you. If God has spoken to you, if God is guiding you, if God is directing you, stay the course because he will perfect it and bring it to full completion in you if you hang on. Jesus started a work in your life, a good work of forming you and me into his image, a work designed to prosper us and not harm us. Okay, we're going to go to a, a passage from the book of Mark. I'm going to try and speed this up right now so that I can get through everything. But in the book of Mark this morning, chapter 6, there is a story that I believe is a little picture of life, a story that the uh, disciples ha um, had happen. We're going to start in the 45th verse because uh, I believe that what we have here is we have People who have left one place to get to another place. Remember, one place to another place, and they're in the meantime. But this meantime, they get hit by a storm. It hits them, and it looks like they're going under. Some of you right now, that would describe how you're feeling. You have left one place. You're heading to another. But in the meantime, a storm hit. You changed jobs because you felt that this was good for you and your family. Maybe it required a move. Maybe you're new in our community. Maybe you're watching online and you're new and you're looking for a church because you've changed job. Hey, consider us. We think we're pretty cool, but uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll let you decide. You changed jobs. But now you're in the meantime and, and COVID hits and things aren't quite what you thought. You were preparing for retirement. You had it all lied out, how it was going to go and Something has changed. Uh, you just got into a relationship or you've just ended a relationship. You went back to school or you took a big step of faith to do this and then a storm hit. Let's read the text and then I'll unpack some of this and then there are two quick points that I'm going to make as we close this message. First of all, understand when this took place. Jesus had just finished a massive miracle. I don't know if you, you, it's correct terminology, finished a massive miracle. But Jesus just performed a huge miracle. He fed 5,000 men as well as women and children on a hillside. He had five loaves and two fish. And everybody got filled and they had leftovers, 12 large baskets. And they were large baskets full. The leftovers were more than the original meal, exponentially larger. So... Everybody has eaten. They've had their fill. And in verse 45, it says that immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida. So Jesus said, hey, guys, in the boat, head back across the Sea of Galilee or the lake to Bethsaida. Now, nothing is said, well, how are you going to get there? They, you know, Jesus did his own thing. So what did they do? They got into the boat. Now, what he did, it says Jesus sent the people home. 
After telling everyone goodbye, now, if you've got a crowd of 20 to 25,000 people, it would have taken a long time to tell everybody goodbye. But I think this is my personal opinion. As darkness began to hit, it was easier for Jesus to slip away because he was less recognizable. And it did. He said he slipped away. He went up to the hills by himself to pray. So we've just had this massive day of teaching, this tremendous miracle. And in verse 47, it says, Late that night, the disciples were in their boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. Now, it's interesting. He's on land, and he sees them out in the middle of the lake. He says that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. They had been rowing for a period of time and had not gotten to where they were supposed to go yet. They're in the meantime, and they're fighting a storm. About 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. Now, this is an incredible miracle. Jesus is walking on the water. We're not going to spend much time on his water walking. Another day, we'll talk about that. But what I want you to see is, this is 3 o'clock in the morning. 3 o'clock in the morning. He put them in the boat before he said goodbye to the crowds, before he slipped away to pray. I am thinking that by the time all of this took place, they had fed because, oh, by the way, just going back to the story here, it says, um, in verse 35 in this chapter, it said, late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. So it's already late in the afternoon. The sun may be setting. He's saying, hey, uh, it's getting late. These people, if they're going to eat, they better go now to find things to eat. And he says, you feed them. So what I'm imagining is that probably, this is just me now, the scripture doesn't say this. Probably about 8 o'clock in the evening, they got in the boat. Jesus spent 30, 40, maybe an hour saying goodbye to the crowd as the sun went down and as it got dark. About 9 o'clock in the evening, he goes up and begins to pray. It's now 3 o'clock in the morning. How long have the disciples been in the meantime? They started here. They're going there where Jesus said to go, and they've been rowing, and they've been rowing hard, and they've been rowing hard, and they've been rowing hard, and at 3 o'clock in the morning, they see Jesus. He saw them from the hill, so maybe at about 2.30 or so, he saw them, and he began to walk to them on water. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. They've been rowing for seven hours. And the wind and the waves were against them, so it wasn't just a casual rowing. They were using their energy. They were using their muscle. They were using all of their um, abilities that they had learned on the sea to keep going in the direction Jesus said they were making little to no headway. And about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. He intended to go past them. But when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. And he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed. Now listen to what the Scripture says about them. They were totally amazed, for they still did not understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves, their hearts were too hard to take it in. These guys have been working, but they're afraid. They didn't understand the miracle that had just taken place. Their hearts are hard. They're a bit dense. 
But look at verse 53. I like verse 53. I think this is good news. For fearful, dense, hard-hearted men, after they had crossed the lake, they landed. They got to where they were supposed to go. They got to where they were supposed to go. They rode for seven hours. Jesus appeared. The wind stops. It probably didn't take them much more than another 15, 20 minutes to row the rest of the way across the lake, maybe a half hour. They finally got to the other side. They spent seven hours in the meantime. Maybe you've spent seven weeks or seven months. Or maybe your meantime has extended to years. They were afraid. Jesus said, don't be afraid. Take courage. It's I. They were hard-hearted. They didn't understand the miracle. But they still got to where they needed to go. Remember our verse from Philippians? He will be faithful to complete the work he started. See, one of the things about them in the boat that I really admire, they started over here and they were going over there. But Jesus said, row. Jesus said, row to this destination. And they rowed. Now, they had difficulties. They had problems. There were things that were against them. But they never stopped rowing. Not one of our points, but just something I want to drop. If you're in the meantime right now, and God has given you a direction, keep rowing. If you're in the meantime right now, in a relationship, maybe God has said end of relationship, keep rowing this way, don't go back. You're in a relationship right now that God has brought into your life. Maybe you're in a marriage right now where you're saying this thing is falling apart. I don't know what to do. You're in the meantime, and you're praying, and it just doesn't seem to be working. Don't jump ship. There are those rare occasions where God does call us in a different direction out of the meantime, but most of us make our biggest mistakes when the anxiety, the stress, the worry, and the pressure of being in the meantime cause us to jump, cause us to move quickly. He who began a good work in you, Paul said, I'm confident of this, he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. So in the meantime, now get your note sheets too. Two things to fill in. One on the front, one on the back. In the meantime, number one, remind yourself that you can depend on Jesus. He is working and he is faithful. Remind yourself that you can depend on Jesus when where you were is not where you are, and you're in the meantime, and you're wondering what to do, one of the first things I want you to do is to remind yourself that you can depend on Jesus. He is working, and he is faithful. We sang it when we sang Waymaker this morning. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop you never stop working. And, and the, the writers of the song and our team does a great job. They build it there. I'll tell you what, there are, there are days even this morning, actually, honestly, even this morning, as I'm wrestling with being in the meantime in some aspects of ministry that I expected would be way over there, even when I don't feel it, you're working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You're faithful. 
and you're working. You need to remind yourself of that. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, I love this verse. If we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny himself. Remember what I said about them? They were hard-hearted. They didn't understand the miracle. They were frightened. They were afraid. But he was still faithful. He met them in the middle of their need, and they got to where they were supposed to go. See, some people, hang on, Jesus is going to meet you in the middle of your storm, in the middle of your need. And he's going to take you to the other side. Even if you don't feel it, he's working. Even if you don't see it, he's working. Because he never stops. He never stops working. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 22, 23 says this, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. Remind yourself of that. Highlight these scriptures. I think both of them are printed in your notes. Take them home. Memorize them. He who promised is faithful. He who began a good work in you. He who promised you these things. He's faithful. I heard a story, it's been several years ago, of a young uh, lady who God, through a, a, a prophetic word, an actual prophetic word from someone that didn't know her situation, prophesied over her that certain things would happen, but one thing that the prophecy said was that she would have a husband, that she would get married. Uh, this individual, I know who she is, uh, and at this point she's still not married, and I believe she's past her 40th birthday. But you know what? She's still holding on to that, for he who promised is faithful. Number two, what do you do in the meantime? First thing, remind yourself that you can depend on Jesus. He is working and he is faithful. I've already alluded to this point. Stay in the boat. Stay the course. Stay on the path. Don't quit. Stay in the boat. Stay the course. Stay on the path. Don't quit. They kept rowing even when it was hard. They kept rowing even when they didn't seem to be getting anywhere. They kept rowing not knowing what's going on. Remember, Jesus is not in the boat with them. He, they left him on shore. They could have said, hey, Jesus, the wind's against us. Let me go back. Let's go pick you up. But they didn't. They stayed the course. They stayed in the boat. They stepped heading, stayed heading to where they were supposed to go. And notice what it said in verse 48. Let me read it to you again. Late in the night, the disciples were in their boats in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land. Verse 48 says, he saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. Listen up, everybody. Online, if you've been playing a game and listening to me at the same time, online, listen up. Jesus sees you in the meantime. Church family, Jesus sees you in the meantime, Jesus sees what you're navigating right now. Keep going forward because he sees you. Just a few things. These aren't in your notes, but here's what you do by staying in the boat, staying the course, staying the path, not quitting. Stay connected to Jesus when your storm is blowing. Stay connected to Jesus when the path is unclear or you don't feel like you're making any progress, stay connected to Jesus when you are in the meantime. Stay connected to the local church when the storm is blowing 
or the path is unclear, or you don't feel like you're making any progress, stay connected to the local church through worship services and groups when you're in the meantime. Stay connected to other believers when the storm is blowing or the path is unclear, or you don't feel like you're making any progress. Stay connected to other believers when you are in the meantime. Stay in the boat when your faith is weak, when your heart gets hard, or when you are hurt and wounded. They stayed in the boat, and they arrived on the other side. Just briefly, I want to say this. What if you've already jumped ship? What if you've already given up? What if you started, and you made it this far, and you you just went back? Or you just sat down and said, I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired of this stuff. What if you've already disconnected from the local church? What if you've already disconnected from other believers? What if you've already disconnected from Jesus? The meantime can be hard. People are quitting their jobs. 25% of those who have a job, knowing that there are millions that don't have a job. I mean, think of the numbers. If there's millions that don't have a job and 25% of those who do have a job are getting ready to quit, I would think that that would put you in a very precarious situation. But that's what happens in the meantime. We don't think well because of the pressure, because of the stress, because of uh, um, the anxiety and the worry. We begin to think that it might be better. Remember that quote? Repeat after me. My current situation is not my final destination. Be careful in the meantime, but you may have not heard this soon enough. You may already jump ship. You may have already gotten off the path. You may have already disconnected from Jesus, from other believers, from the local church. In one way, it's saying you've been unfaithful. But remember what 2 Timothy 2.13 said, if you have been unfaithful, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful, for he cannot deny who he is. Even if you've been unfaithful, you've jumped ship, you've gone back into a lifestyle you said you weren't going to go back to. Um, Drug use during this pandemic has gone back up. People people that were drug-free, people that were walking for months, even years, clean, going to support groups, the pandemic hit, the quarantine hit, other things hit, they went back to using. People went back to alcohol other things. They got off the path. They just couldn't handle the pressure. What happens if you've gotten off the path? Reconnect with Jesus even this morning. If you have disconnected from Jesus this morning, reconnect to Jesus. Let him know that you have been unfaithful. Reconnect with Jesus. We're going to have people that will pray with you here. Um, If you're online, you can contact us in the office. We'll pray with you during the week. But here, we're going to have people to pray with you. You can reconnect with Jesus this morning. Repent of that unfaithfulness. Repent of getting off the path. Repent of the quitting. Repent of your pride, your sin, or whatever it was that caused you to disconnect during this meantime period. Begin to reconnect again because if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful for he cannot cannot deny who he is. And once again, going back to Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until 
the day of Christ Jesus. Bow your heads as the team comes to the platform. Lord, this morning I would pray that you would plant in our hearts the same confidence that the Apostle Paul said when he said that he was confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Father, for the man, for the woman who is struggling in their employment right now, but they are where you be they believe you have called them to be. May they have confidence that you who began a good work in them will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. For the one who has made a commitment to serve you more closely, to serve you more intimately, and it's been rough, Lord God, may they be confident of this, that you have called them to that good work, and you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. For the one or other here or online who recently, during this time, gave their life and their heart to you for the very first time, and it has been a struggle. Lord, they're about ready to say it was easier when I was going to the bars. It was easier when I was hanging around with those other friends than it is following you. But Lord, may they have in their heart, miraculously, this confidence that he who began a good work in them will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Lord, we cry out to you today. Many of us have walked through so many different things. But Lord, you are there. Lord, I am reminded that you saw them struggling. Lord, you see each one of us who is struggling. For the, for the man or the woman that's struggling in their family right now, it's just like nothing is clicking like they had hoped. They're about ready to strangle their kids with this homeschooling stuff. Lord, Lord, you see them. You see them, Lord. And you will walk to them. You will walk out to them, Lord God. And when you intersect their life, the winds will die down and they will get to their destination. Lord, we thank you that you are good. And we thank you that even when we don't feel it, you're working. Even when we don't hear it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You've been listening to a message from Columbus First Assembly. We hope that you've been encouraged in your spiritual journey. If you're not part of a local church and would like to attend one of our regular services, our church is located at the corner of 10th and Iowa Street in Columbus, Indiana. Our Sunday morning worship services start at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday evening studies begin at 7 p.m. And while you're online, check out our website at columbusfirstassembly.org for details and information about our church. You will also find other messages and series that you can listen to or download. Thanks for spending some time with us and for taking advantage of this resource from Columbus First Assembly, where we strive to learn and live the word and ways of God.